What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's hitting the high notes. Jazz talk. It is I. I am here. It is Hootran. You can find me on the Twitterverse and the IG at Hootran Superman. That's H-U-U-T-R-A-N Superman. And, uh, you know, folks, I'm, uh, we're the podcast that not only does one trade special, we did two trade specials before uh, in, in the span uh, of a week. Um, uh, we bring on the, the great uh, one of the the great Clayton brothers uh, of our lifetime, uh, the older or younger brother, is uh, Ken Clayton. What's up, man? Hey, I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, do you know good? It's, it's a good time to be a jazz fan. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, jazz coming off a fresh win. We're recording. We're recording on trade deadline eve, which is um, uh, uh, even more important than Christmas eve in, in my books. <laughs> and um, uh, so we're also recording on the night. So the jazz. Uh, let's let's talk about the jazz real quick. Jazz are going to play uh, the. Harden list, Durant list, Dinwiddie list, uh, Kyrie Irving list, uh, Blake Griffin list. Um, so, how many points does Joe Harris beat the Jazz by tonight? Well, I hope none, but uh, <laughs> he's certainly going to get some shots up. Is Harden for sure out? At last I saw, he was questionable. I thought. I think I saw Brooklyn uh, tweet out that. Um, uh, uh, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. I think Brooklyn okay. tweeted out earlier today that Harden and Blake Griffin are out. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You're questionable. You're right. They tweet out he's questionable, so he might be in. So who knows? Still, still a game that um, the Jazz, um, if they, you know, if they bring the game they brought against the Bulls, they should win. Uh, but you know, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that Jazz come to play every game. Not consistently, but yeah, you're right. I, I think. I mean, Harden is obviously a tough guy. He's he's a guy who's beaten the Jazz almost single-handedly in the past. But. Um, it, it's still an opportunity with that many guys out and and them landing by I think it was uh, 1:51 a.m. in Salt Lake and probably not getting to bed until 2:30 in the morning after a a, a win in Portland. Uh, you know the Jazz have an opportunity here. You don't always get to face a top team that's got this many negatives going for them. Right. And um, uh, if you want to follow Ken, um, uh, Ken's on Twitter at uh, at k underscore c l a y t and at k underscore Clayton. Uh, you know, honestly, he could be um, a plane stalker or plane tracker, right? Or air, yeah. aircraft tracker, because uh, uh, that's one of the first things I uh, used to see from you all the time was like uh, you would track like when the planes would um, uh, depart and touch down um, in certain cities. So that that was always fun. It's always fun to see that. Yeah, that's one of my travels, one of my passions. So and the jazz are one of my passions. So I kind of put the two together and and uh, and internet stock the travel of the different teams right this is uh, sort of like the in friends i'm uh, joey's like you know would you like to have a, a woman or a jam and uh, he's like put the hands together my friend right. all right so um uh, let's get to it let's get to some, some trade talk again we're not going to really like dive in the names like bogey might come up in a little bit here um uh but you know you know the names they've all been said they've all been done dan clayton has a thread out there that you can look at too uh but we want to talk about like certain rules like um, uh, and this is good for like every trade season because these are the same questions that come every, every year and nba salary cap is is, is something that it, it takes a lot of um, studying to kind of like really get the ins and outs of it and um uh so i brought ken on because ken uh, is uh, very good with them uh navigating the salary cap and, and these scenarios. So uh, my first question, Ken, um, the jazz are, as you know, in the luxury tax, which means they are, they are not all, only over the luxury, uh, the salary cap, but over the luxury tax threshold. Um, so that brings up a, a salary matching rule when it comes to trades, correct? Yes. So it's actually more simple because they're a tax paying team. There's really only one rule. Um, if their salary is, uh, 
increasing in the in any trade they may choose to make. Uh, the salary coming back has to be maximum 125% of the outgoing salary plus $100,000. So, right, so I mean, it feels like a story problem though, doesn't it? Right. So, so basically, you know, you know, it, it, again, we'll, we'll use bogey the example, which I'm going to go on record right now. I don't think Bogdanovich will be in any other uniform besides Utah jazz. Um, uh, come, uh, you know, Thursday, 3 PM mountain time. Um, Bogdanovich makes uh, roughly about 18 million ish uh, this season. So if you were to trade for him, you could only trade for Bogdanovich's salary and bring in 25% more of that, which is what another like 3 million or something like that, 4 million, uh, something close to that, plus 100,000, right? That's correct. So the numbers would be he makes 17.85, that plus 25% plus $100,000. There's a caveat here, but yeah, in theory, you could bring back a player making up to about 22.4. Now, the caveat is the hard cap. The hard cap. Right. Well, the Jazz actually couldn't go that far. Right. And um, uh, yeah, we actually, hard cap's coming up in a little bit, folks. Like, I, I, we don't want to, <laughs> you know, we don't want yeah. to um, uh, throw it all you at once here. But, um, yeah. So rule, say, number, rule number one is that is the is the percentages. And that's what the trade checker checks. If you go on to ESPN or whatever your favorite trade checker is, it's checking that. I saw a trade earlier today where it's not trade checking the other thing, but we'll get there. All right. Um, uh, is that uh, – well, and, and maybe it's a trade I have in my head. Um, so, uh, again, so that's – again, the matching rule is uh, 25% or 125% plus 100,000. Now, uh, theoretically, because the Jazz have been under the salary cap before, right? Uh, and this is where like salary dumps come in. People um, uh, think about this when when you're under the salary cap, you can take back. So if somebody was under the salary cap by twenty million dollars, they could trade a first round pick to the Jazz and take back all of Bogdanovich's salary without sending any without sending any salary back out. Correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. Right. So what if um, uh, let's say a team was only ten million under the cap? Um, how would that work? Team is only if team is ten million under the cap. You mean for trade matching type stuff? Right, 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 right. So then you've got three different rules: a small trade, outgoing salary up to about six and a half million. You right. can go one hundred and seventy-five percent of the outgoing salary plus the hundred thousand. A medium-sized trade, which would be six and a half million to nineteen point six million, it's the outgoing salary plus five million coming back. Oh. And then the bigger trades are the ones that are over. Uh, 19.6 million. They have the same rule as the tax paying teams, 125% of the outgoing salary plus, yeah. 100, plus 100K. Um, uh, and that doesn't affect the Jazz this year, but um, it's just good, good to know that um, uh, if you're under the salary cap, there are still certain rules and certain ways that you can um, uh, either take back a salary dump salary or, but that does, is that more like an off season thing? Cause like mo most teams seem to be, especially this year, uh, seem to be either a salary cap team or a tax paying team, correct? Yeah, we've got right now one, two, three, four. My count shows six teams that are not in the luxury tax right now, so twenty four teams are. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, that's that's more of an off season rule, I would yeah. venture to guess. So uh, yeah. when like um, uh, money comes off the books and everything. All right, so um, uh, we, we, well, we, we, you know, why don't we just um, uh, go to let's talk about the hard. Well, no, actually, let's go to trade exceptions. The Jazz have three. Well, the Jazz have two. They have a they have a third one that, you know, trade exceptions are rarely used. And then the Jazz have one that's that's just like it's it's just kind of there. Like it's legally has to be there, but it's very unlikely to be used. The Rajon Tucker trade exception. 
Yeah, I don't understand why it is there just because it's so small. I can't fit. My brother and I were actually talking a few months ago about trying to figure out any way it could be used. And and because it, we, we couldn't come up with anything. And because of that, you know, I don't uh, know why they even bother to track it. But, to ask a team that paid for your soda for three years. That's basically right. what it's there for. Uh, but the big one that um, the Jazz might use that is available to use is the um, – uh, his name, uh, the Ed Davis, excuse me, the Ed Davis trade exception, which is about five ish million, uh, give yeah. or take. Um, but uh, again, we talked about um, uh, the Jazz hard cap. So let's talk about the trade exception by itself, and then we'll get into the hard cap part of it. Okay. So the trade exception, uh, the Ed Davis one is, uh, I think it was like five million, like five zero zero five. So five million five thousand something, and then you get to tack on a hundred thousand to that. So you can basically go out there and 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 execute a trade, or I'm trying to I'm just trying to make sure I'm saying this correctly. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Or you can make a waiver claim using that. Oh, so, so 5.1 million dollars, you can just bring that salary in for nothing. Now, if it's a trade, you still have to send something, but you don't have to send salary. You you could send uh, a top 55 protected pick. Yep, or the minimum amount of cash, which is $110,000. Okay. Oh, now, yeah, yeah. most often, though, the other team wants something of some sort of value unless they're just getting right. rid of a uh, – unless they need to get rid of salary to do another deal they're doing. But Yes, yes. Uh, and so the Jazz um, – uh, so we talked about the Ray John Tucker one. They're, the Jazz also have a Tony Bradley who um, – uh, by the way, Tony Bradley, welcome back to Jazz High Notes. Um, we thought you – we would never hear your name again. <laughs> Um, and also, uh, you know, congratulations on a really good game the other night. I think it was like 18 and something. It was a really good stat line. Yeah. I didn't see the game, but I saw the stat line. Yeah. Um, he, had a, he had a nice game. Uh, um, excuse me. Um, so the jazz have two trade exceptions. They had the 5 million and, you know, 0. 0.005, uh, Ed Davis, uh, trade exception. And they have a 3.5, uh, 42, uh, et cetera. Yeah. Tony Bradley trade exception. Now I see a lot of people who want to take back an $8 million uh, player and add the, but the exceptions cannot be added. And why is that? Uh, just because each one of those is made to house uh, each one of those could house more than one contract returning, but, but you can't combine the traded player exceptions to, to do two, two exceptions to one player. Oh, uh, so you're, you're telling me that we can get two, $2.5 million players in the one Ed Davis trade exception. You could. In fact, one of the things I've seen this week in the rumors is uh, Boston has that $28 million trade to player exception from trading Gordon Hayward away. I don't know if you've ever heard of that guy. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's come up once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, and they're talking about potentially taking, you know, an Aaron Gordon into that spot, then they would still have 10 or 11 million of that exception left that they could use in the future. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, that's uh, Aaron Gordon, another, popular name that popped up on here a couple times here. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I mean, the thing about the trade deadline, we, we all get very excited. Um, it's, it's always exciting. Like, Oh boy, what, what change can make your team better? Um, this year feels, I, I usually love trade time. Uh, I, I do, but this year um, it just doesn't have the same excitement. Um, and I don't know if that's a bad thing because uh, the jazz just don't have that many assets uh, laying around to, to trade. Right. Uh, we're talking about trade exceptions. We're talking about like they they're low on they're low on first round draft picks. They don't have a lot of guys that they can get rid of um, that would like you know really like not screw up the rotation. Um, 
And one thing that we kind of fail to see every year is that like, there's always a lot of rumors, always a lot of talk and very, very um, uh, more often than not, the trade, the trade deadline comes and a lot of teams are left disappointed because, um, uh, you know, they were involved in a lot of rumors, but as the saying goes, it takes two to tango. Exactly. And you're right. The jazz are a little bit, a little bit asset poor. They're technically only down one first round pick, but several of them are tied up because of the protections. Right. So, um, so they're a little, they, they, they have a bunch of picks, but they're a bunch of them are tied behind their backs. So yes, that, that's a better way of saying what I was trying to come. Yes, you're right. You're right. The, yeah. Like I, I like when people come on here and explain my thoughts better than, cause I'm, I'm not very articulate. So that, that's great. Um, oh, so um, with the tray exception, uh, one name that, you know, so your, your brother, Dan, I'm put out a, a thread today. Like, Hey, you know, ask some questions. One name that I saw on there and I'm going to go find the username that, uh, that talked about it, but, uh, asked about, um, uh, taking Mo Harkless into the Ed Davis trade exception. Um, how do you feel about that? I actually mentioned Mo Harkless the other day in my piece on salt city hoops. Oh uh, yes. Oh, we, I, you know, we didn't even hit that. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, you know, Harkless is a guy – there's this group of, of players who I sometimes feel like like they're rumored a couple of times, and then people bring him up and say, the Jazz were interested in him once. Um, and I don't know – and I never know for sure if it's true because, the, you know, if they were, then they, they've had opportunities since then to get a guy, and they didn't. But, yeah, it, Harkless would fit exactly into both Tony Bradley's traded player exception and under the hard cap. My question is, I don't think he's as positive a defender as some people think. He is a little longer. That's that's good, you know, because we have a lot of, you know, like a Royce O'Neal 6'4 running around. They're defending bigger guys and, and potentially a, a LeBron or a Kawhi in the in the playoffs. And, and so he's a little longer, but I don't think he's a, a great defender. And he's not much of a shooter. I think it was 32% career from three. That's probably pretty limited, and that's not going to give you the kind of gravity that that is certainly that you're trading away to get Bojan. I think there are players who could be a little more of an upgrade in other areas if you're going to send Bogdanovich packing and get somebody back. And I and I oh well actually we're talking about this as a buyout. Sorry, um, uh, a, a trade I, exception. Yeah, trade. Uh, yeah, trade exception. See, there's too many things on my plate. I can't even keep <laughs> my terms straight. Okay. So, yeah, we're talking about there's a trade exception, so we wouldn't necessarily have to send anybody out for him, but I just wonder how much, you know, you bring him in and you're paying him, you know, roughly $1.6 million to finish More. the season. That's just his yeah. payroll that's left, but you're paying the tax on his full 3.6. So that's going to be, you know, another $5.4 million would be the full amount. So you're, you're really paying $7 million for a guy that I just don't know if he plays. And and yeah, he he would be, uh, he would. So this is another problem that we've talked about on this podcast a lot is that the Jazz one through nine team set. Um, so if you're gonna, you know, a lot of people are talking about buyout market, which we're gonna get to in a minute. Buyout market and these trades to get you know whatever piece in. Um, McCade on uh, the Home Court Press talks about this. Like this is basically to like really shore up that third unit. Like um, it's, it's like the Airson um, uh, uh, signing for the jazz is that Airson is not going to get rotation minutes. He's, he's there for an injury basically. Um, yeah. And um, uh, that's just kind of the jazz liked him for that. They obviously were willing to pay him for the rest of the year. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so this is, this is, yeah, again, we're talking about the jazz. I think there's a misconception out there that 
there's a trade out there that's going to uh, be like, all right, cool. This is a difference maker because uh, the, I mean, the thing is that the jazz are set one through nine. If the jazz traded for like, if the jazz just got Aaron Gordon for free, right? Like, yeah, Aaron Gordon or Harrison Barnes or whoever, who, whose minutes does he take is, is, is my question. Right. 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 If you're getting a player like that, like, you know, you know, you know the names, Aaron Gordon, uh, Victor Oladipo, if you're getting somebody in play, you're going to, you're only going to get them if you're going to find the, find the minutes for them. But Maurice Harkless is not a guy you're like getting and, and carving out 25 or 30 minutes a game for. In fact, he's only played 11 games this year in Miami. So, which is just another reason why I look at it and say, you know, do you really want to pay 7 million in, in salary and tax to bring in a guy who can't get on the court in Miami? Now, um, uh, you know, McKay talked. We had we asked McKay this about a month ago. He said that having that good third unit is what separates some of these teams to be championship caliber. Um, I mean, obviously, getting Mo Harkless, I get it's not in one sense. It's not our money, right? Like, like I'm not paying seven million dollars. Like Ryan Smith has Ryan Smith finds out, finds out right. his couch cushions. But um, what does that mean for like the future of the Jazz? Because I'm, uh, you know, paying that much money, and if you don't win the champion, if you win the championship. It doesn't matter how much money you're paying, actually. Like championships cure all. But if you don't win a championship, all of a sudden next year you get into repeater tax stuff, um, and uh, does that make it harder for the Jazz to like uh, next year season? Well, next season probably not, because the repeater tax hits when you get three out of the past four seasons. Oh, so okay. The Jazz are a little ways away from having to worry about that. Um, and I do think, I mean, just what we what we have speculated is that Ryan Smith's a little more open to luxury tax and and potentially repeater tax than than maybe uh, prior ownership was. So yeah, it's possible. And I, and I don't stress that much when people talk about that. I just but I know, you know, that Ryan Smith is a business owner. He's probably not scared of the seven million itself. But if it's like seven million for a guy not to play, or two million for a guy not to play, why not? pay the 2 million for a guy not to play. And in theory, in the buyout market, there probably will be guys out there who you can sign for the rest of the season, plus the tax, just like they did with Ilya Sova, that are a whole lot cheaper than a Mo Harkless who you have to trade for and then and then pay the tax. And it's and it's closer to 7 million total. Yeah, um, so, um, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and, and so I'm just saying, that's, that's why I would expect they would go more of the Ilya Sova route. Now, if, after the trade deadline, it will not shock me at all if Mo Harkless is bought out or just just wait, because clearly Miami has no need for him even before they signed Trevor Ariza. Then they signed Trevor Ariza. I can't imagine Mo Harkless is suddenly going to be rejuvenated and start playing and, and getting regular rotation minutes. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they released him. And then it's a whole different discussion, because then his salary is under 600 k for the remainder of the season on a minimum contract and his tax amount is about 900 K give or take. So he's only costing you 1.5 million. Yeah. So shout out to, um, uh, Dugan D O O G E N double O 12, uh, for that on, uh, Dan Clayton's, uh, Twitter timeline. Hi, I'm McCoy. Hi, I'm Emily. And we're the Jazzy gals. If you're looking for in-depth Utah Jazz basketball analysis, this ain't it. (laughs) But if you are looking to discuss how great Rudy's beard looked this week, Jazz Twitter crushes, or other fun pop culture things, you have come to the right place. That's right, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And also on Twitter at Jazz Gals Pod. Go Jazz! 
Go Jazz. Hey, I'm Mark. And this is Doug. What's up? And we're co-hosts of a weekly podcast on the Utah Jazz called Twos and Threes. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get podcasts on your feed every Monday morning. Mark's my big brother, and you could say this podcast is a family affair, but really we think of the jazz and jazz nation as our family. So we'd love for you to participate with us to listen, and really, let's do this together. Go jazz. Go jazz. Be our family. Boom. All right, so we we're talking about biomarket, and so uh, let, let's hit it right now. Let's hit the uh, article that you wrote for Salt City Hoops. We love Salt City Hoops. Um, if the Jazz Pod Co-op like is encompassing to like blog posts and stuff, Salt City Hoops is definitely part of that co-op that we talk about here. Um, uh, so, what did you write about um, uh, today? So, for people who aren't going to listen to the whole podcast, if they want to read it instead. Um, I really, it was just, it was a Q and a, so I took questions at the tail end of last week and over the weekend, I got, you know, I went through the questions and answered, uh, you know, as many as I could, many, as many as weren't really super duplicative. Um, and as many as were very specific, I was looking for that more than just who do you think the jazz should trade for? Um, right. so, you know, we talk about Bogdanovich, we talk about, you know, uh, should they trade him? Are they going to trade him? That kind of thing. And then the type of player the Jazz might look to get back. And there were questions about Rudy Gay and Markinen from Chicago and Mo Harkless was in there, like I mentioned, and James Ennis was in there and Lou Dort was in there. And then when we get to buyout, we talk about Otto Porter. So it's just it's just kind of like what the what the people, what the Twitterverse wanted to know. I tried to answer as best I could. Um, I, I like the word duplicative. Um, <laughs> it was my favorite movie with star Michael Keaton. Um, so, uh, with them, uh, like, like you know, a lot, a lot of the questions I assumed you got were about um, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, and we'll get to him here in a second. Um, but we're going to talk about buyout, the buyout market, um, which is a very popular sentiment for the Jazz uh, fans this year, uh, and it's something I actually talked about last year. Like, um, uh, the buyout market really only um, benefits usually the LA teams and like uh, who, whichever team you know has the like the big three, the Nets this year. Uh, Milwaukee, though, last year, you know, another small market had uh, an MV, had the MVP, uh, not just an MVP candidate, had the MVP. So they were able to get some guys that about. So the Jazz are in a similar, like the Jazz are the number one team in the West. So that, that puts them into um, the buyout market discussion because they're not usually in that discussion. Um, uh, do you agree with, agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Normally, I mean, in fact, was it last season? I think, it, no, it was the season before. No, it was last season, maybe before the shutdown, where the Jazz had said, well, we're not going to make a trade. We're going to hit the buyout market hard and then fizzle. You know, it just yeah, it just like, didn't it just didn't happen. I have to think they have a few more, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use for a few more bullets in the chamber this right. year with the top record. So you know the two LA teams are going to be on most players' lists. Uh at least one New York team, the Nets. Miami's always seems to be there. Phoenix is probably pretty high this year with uh-huh. with Good weather, although the season running later means that Phoenix will not have good weather by the end. Uh, <laughs> and, and I and I say this, and I know because I'm a Phoenix uh, resident at the time at the moment. Yeah, um, he's that he's down there. He's down there yeah. in Arizona. So it's gorgeous right now, but by the time the playoffs are rolling around, it won't be so pretty. Yeah, um, can, can, yeah, yeah should be in there. They should be. They they should have a seat at the table. That doesn't yeah. mean they necessarily get served. Right, yeah, Ken is uh, deep in the heart of Phoenix. There, the Phoenix Suns fans um, all around him. 
Um, yeah, they actually they exist, uh, 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 evidently. Um, so Ken, um, uh, so because like so the reason because like the bio candidates are usually um, guys in mid season that are are looking for like they get to choose their team, right? And when the when the season's halfway done, you know, they why not choose teams that you can go to that have a chance to win a championship, right? Yeah, I mean, we talk about buyout season. We usually are talking about guys who are chasing a ring. Um, often their first ring, but it could be somebody who wants to jump on and get a second or third ring, just depending on where they've been before in their careers and where they are at that moment. So um, you're, you're looking for, you're looking at players who are saying, I, I, you know, well, first of all, their team has to say, yeah, we don't really need you anymore. You're not, you don't fit where we're going to be next year and we're willing to take the hit this year uh, and let you go early. And and then and you're looking for a player who says, you know what, I'm certainly not, I may not sign with this team forever, but I'll sign with them for six weeks and for a minimum salary and see if we can go win a ring. Right. And uh, so I want you to put yourself in the, the mindset of a, a buyout candidate. Um, and so let's talk about the teams that are like at the tables, you said the Jazz, the Suns, the Lakers, Clippers, um, and say the Nets and 76ers are, are on that list. And you know, we'll throw the Bucks on there too. Why not? Look, give Milwaukee some love. Yeah. Um, uh, as about candidate, like the jazz have the BAE and the, you, you know, a nice little thread about this on, on Twitter, like, you know, like 30 minutes ago, um, about, uh, why the BAE is not the bargaining tool that, um, uh, some people think it is. Yeah. There's the point is, and I didn't realize this until just this morning I was, uh, or not, I guess it was afternoon. Um, I woke up late though. So it felt like, morning. <laughs> um, I didn't wake up that late. Um, no, I think there was a question to Tony Jones about do the Jazz have the BAE, and the answer, of course, is yes. Um, and I and I've known this all along, but I hadn't quantified it, and so I took the time to pull a list of how many teams do have the BAE or have a portion of their MLE left that exceeds the BAE. And it turns out there are 22 teams, including the Jazz, who could offer a player BAE money. And the Golden State Warriors are just behind that with 3.4 million left of their MLE. So there's really 23 out of 30 teams that could pull together that sort of offer unless they're prohibited by the hard cap. But it's hardly something that the Jazz are the only ones that could do. Now, if you really got, if, if there was a player who really said, you know, I want to go to LA, whichever LA, they're only offering the minimum. Uh, the Clippers are pretty limited on the hard cap. And the Jazz came in and said, well, we'll give you the BAE or what's left of it because it prorates down during the season. There is a chance that it could be more, but there's also a chance that another team could do the same thing. You know, um, uh, let me look at my list here. Um, Milwaukee, no, couldn't be Milwaukee, but um, uh, Phoenix still has their BAE. So you got you, the BAE isn't just some cure-all like, oh, we'll offer that and we'll get our pick of everybody. Uh, I think I finished that Twitter or that 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 thread with money isn't the only thing players are after they're after winning that's a check for the jazz they're after a market they want to be in eh, that's <laughs> uh, most NBA you players, saying that's a check? come on now yeah, most nba players that um and they're looking and or or playing with a buddy and so that's one thing that you know mike conley's a guy who's been around the league and and uh, and so that you know the Jazz have winning, and they have some guys who might be able to pull in a free agent for six weeks in the buyout market. But I think it's going to be more about that than 
you know, we can offer you an extra million dollars because that's really what the BAE boils down to by the time you, by the time it has prorated down and by the time if the Jazz signs somebody with the BAE, then there's a, then there's a set off to what the former, the player's former team owes them. So they don't, it's not a dollar for dollar incremental cash in the player's pocket. So, so what you're saying is that money is, is kind of low on the checklist for players. Um, uh, when it, when and this is sort of, similar to the Nick Batum situation that happened in the offseason for the Jazz, uh, a lot of players, or a lot of players, a lot of um, uh, uh, fans were kind of like upset that the Jazz didn't make a harder push for Nick Batum. And we don't know if they did or not. The uh, the Clippers offered Nick Batum a minimum contract, but gave him starter minutes, you know, minutes on a, on a, on a team that has real championship aspirations. Um, an extra million or two doesn't probably doesn't matter to a guy who's already making $9 million dollars. Uh, nine-ish, I, I think you said Ken uh, from the Charlotte Hornets. He well, actually, now that I think about it, it's, it's close to thirty million because it was nine million oh. on the stretch provision is what Charlotte is still paying him. So he's he's getting nine million a year for three years, but he, he's kind of getting paid twenty-seven million, yeah, for this season from them. Although I think it'll be spread over time. Uh, it's easy for us to say, well, an extra million and a half is a lot of money, but for NBA players, an extra million and a half from. Uh, is it, you know it it could be a couple extra dollars an hour uh, per hour like on a, on a real job right like a, right. On, a, uh, on a layman's job <laughs> uh, but you get to choose a sunshine L A and, a, and a, a role like the Jazz also I, like we talked about one through nine like there's not really a, like, so Otto Porter I brought this up a lot Otto Porter is a name that the Jazz uh, fans really like because uh, there's interest in there previously um, but it's just hard to see that Otto Porter would take a, a 11th man role, you know, waiting for an injury or waiting for, and something that we actually don't see Quinn do a lot anyway, uh, situational minutes. Um, like, oh boy, we really need Otto Porter and Royce O'Neal out there to stop uh, Kawhi and Paul George or LeBron and AD. Um, is that something that you see the Jazz doing? Yeah, and in fact, this is reminding me now, the, the, the Twitter thread we were talking about earlier, I think I missed one thing, and that is role. I think role is really important when these players are looking for for their buyout landing place. Um, you know, I had mentioned the other three things, but role is certainly right there. Uh, you know, a guy like Otto Porter, I tend to think, you know, he's had a rough time in Chicago. I tend to think they they could hammer out a role for him. They, I don't know that he'd necessarily be a never used guy. He's better than that, but that doesn't mean he'd be a 30 minute guy either. So it's, you know, so he would have to weigh that against what do I think I'd play with, you know, the Bucks or the Clippers or the Nets versus the Jazz, and then you know you look at you and look the at Lakers. money, you look at market, you look at role, you look at buddies on the team, and you decide where you're going. Right, and the, the Lakers even probably have um uh, an eighth man spot open, you know, or, or a a bench, you know, a George Yang ninth man spot for 15 minutes a game somewhere. Right. Um. So um, uh, what about the Suns? Like, does, do the Suns have um uh? You know, in the buyout market, um, uh, you know they, they've got a lot of things going right for them. Um, do you think they can be players in the buyout market? Um, do they have the roles or the you know you know they they have good weather as you said for now? Yeah. Uh, they could be. You know, the funny story is I have a hard time watching Suns games because I get blacked out on League Pass. Ah, right. Um, <laughs> so I can so I've really seldom watched a Suns game. I know they've got a good starting lineup. Um, and they've, I mean, they've surprised me this year. I don't think I'm ever going to bet against Chris Paul until he's retired. Um, cause I would not have expected them to be the second best record in the league, uh, going into the season. 
But uh, I would think they probably have some space to improve their six, seven, eight, nine rotation. So I would expect that some players are going to look pretty hard at them and think Phoenix is a nice place where it's sunny and whatever. And then they're going to get here and find out when that sunny in June means a whole different thing than sunny in March. Ken's <laughs> uh, figured out the secret to watching a, or not watching a TV sports net is just live out of market and you get all the jazz <laughs> games on league pass. So yep. you're a smart man, Ken, you're a smart man. Um, so as we able to talk about that, so we talked about the Suns, right? The Suns just got Torrey Craig um, uh, a week ago in the, the P.J. Tucker trade, giving away very little. I got Torrey Craig, and Torrey Craig, um, I was say, playing well. Uh, there's a sentiment uh, among certain um, groups of Jazz fans that at this trade deadline, if the Jazz don't get better, because everywhere around them is getting better, if the Jazz don't get better, they're throwing in the towel or the, the year is over for them. Um, I, I tend to think that's a, a little dramatic. And trust me, I know my drama. Um, but Ken, I'm a, like, what do you fall on that? Like I'm a, the jazz not making a move this year. I think just as a fan base in general, well, probably all fan bases, this isn't jazz fan base specific. True. We tend to overrate the moves everybody else makes. And when they make any move, we say they're getting better and not every move makes the other guy better either. So you just, you know, getting Tory Craig, I'm sure he'll help. He's a good defender, not a great shooter. So, of course, he shot two for three from three in their last game last night. But, uh, you know, he I don't think he's a huge difference maker, but he will help them out on defense when they when they have that kind of a need. And and uh, I, I, I certainly he's a, he's a guy I would have been intrigued by as a jazz fan. But I see why maybe the jazz wouldn't have wanted to go that route, even if they basically got him for free, just because of the shooting side, the offensive side of the ball. Right, um, and I'm uh, I've been on the the I'm not the conductor of the trade buggy train, but I think I've been I'm in the main cabin at least, right? And this has very little to do with them, uh, uh, them a recent stretch. Like I mean, this has been something we talked about for a while on this pod. Um, but the thing is that the Jazz, uh, this is not just like a one year. Like they they built this thing the last two, maybe even three years. Like even before getting Mike Conley and Boyan Bardanovich, they set the wheels in motion to get to this point. You know, the Warriors are gone. They, they're like, okay, cool. They were waiting for the Warriors to disband before they kind of, like, started pushing chips going all in and, and compete uh, in the league, right? Yeah. Um, and so this, like, this, uh, I, if Jazz Brass feel like this, you know, this team they have is pretty much what they want. Like, the, the top nine, top ten guys um, are who they want, and, you know, they're making moves on the margins. Um, I mean, do you believe this team – I mean – how, where do you fall? Like, do you think this team right here, like as constructed, maybe adding a 12th or 13th piece, uh, you know, for maybe an injury replacement, um, can they um, uh, be a team that takes a deep run against the Lakers, the Suns, the Clippers, and then probably the Nets or Sixers or Bucks on the other side? Uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely do. I, I, I do think they can. Um, they're right there competing with those other teams. They have a great winning record in that against that top category, you know, they're, they're against top teams in the league. They're six and four. That's not stellar, but that's not, I mean, it doesn't sound stellar, but it's a whole lot better than uh, basically anybody else. Uh, the Lakers have really struggled to beat the top teams, even when they were healthy. The Clippers are probably right around what the jazz are just eyeballing it here. 
Um, the Nuggets are probably in the same ballpark, but they've had their their problem has been they've lost a lot in the bottom against the bottom ten teams in the league. Yeah, the Nuggets roller coaster season. Yeah, yeah, they've got losses: three against the Kings, one against the Pelicans, two against the trying to see who that is, the Wizards. So they've had they've taken some beatings on the other end of the spectrum. Um, I think the Jazz are right there. I think massively. I think the only reason to massively mess with the rotation is if it's just about as close to a slam dunk as you can get. And I just don't know that that deal's out there. Yeah. And, and it's, again, like there's a lot of drama out there about, and you mentioned it, um, doesn't necessarily mean that other teams have gotten better. They just made a move. The Jazz have made, you know, have put a lot of their assets out there in previous trades and, and deals to get this team the way they like it. And I've, I've been on the train of like, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about Boyan's defense in the playoffs, but the Jazz obviously feel that Boyan's gravity, his gravitas, right, um, is, is I mean, and they can be right. Maybe even Boyan struggling, just having him out there, opens up the offense way more than Aaron Gordon, um, for instance, um, or, or Harrison Barnes even. Uh, that having Boyan's out just out there, um, not as a you know not a decoy, but just having me out there helps keep their keep them clicking. And uh, one thing that I don't mention, and I, I'm surprised that nobody else has mentioned this on the pod when I've asked them, is that um, Boyan may give some points back on the other end, but uh, on the offensive end, he gives them points uh, that the other teams have to figure out how to defend as well. Yeah, I think part of gravity is is your shooting percentage. And part of gravity is your ability to to shoot that from anywhere, and and at a high enough frequency that teams are really worried about you. Um, that's why I, there's a lot of things I like about Aaron Gordon's game since since you know got him a couple of times, but he doesn't have the same gravity that Bogdanovich has because he's going to shoot a smaller number of them, and from and from generally the corners, so he's not going to be able to shoot him from everywhere. Teams just don't have to pay quite the same attention to him anywhere on the court that they do to a Bogdanovich. Right. And um, uh, that's uh, that's something that could be important, like something that, you know, it doesn't look like it's, it's working right now because, um, uh, and Bogey even mentioned it today in his interview with the, the Jazz Media, that he's been struggling and making bad decisions. Um, if Bogey just gets back to, you know, being a, a really good third score for the Jazz, we might we might see that Jazz go on that run again when um, uh, Bogey yeah but Bogey doesn't need to score twenty a game, but just being out there and you know able to hit open threes um uh, really I mean the, the reason why Royce has been in so many open threes is because they have to leave him open uh, yeah. to cover everybody else and um, uh, yeah so I mean I, I it's it's very I guess ironic of me to sit here and like seeing Bogey's praises because I've been on you know I'm a, I'm in the main cabin of the trade Bogey train. But um, I, I just want, I, don't, I don't want fans to freak out because I, I do have a feeling the Jazz are going to leave this trade um, uh, deadline, probably not adding anybody of substance. Um, but Ken, let's say prediction time here. Uh, uh, Jazz have a 15th man uh, uh, open for the for the uh, roster spot. Excuse me. Um, do you have a prediction of what the Jazz are going to do with it? Be wild. Most most likely, I think that goes to a, to a guy in the buyout market and if they can't make the buyout market work they'll probably end up filling it with a development spot but i think what the jazz showed us when they when they didn't pick up a development guy and took Ilya Sova instead was they're not really looking to develop right now 
they're looking to have guys on the bench who can come in and play at a high level if needed. So I think that's where they're going to be. That's where they're going to head. They're they're going to end up with a guy, you know, not a, not a first or second year two way G League sort of guy. Somehow they're going to get a guy on the team that they feel like can play. May not be the sexiest name like Ilyasova, but it's going to be a guy they feel like if everything else goes wrong, he can come in and 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 either defend a little or shoot a little or help the team out in whatever way. Yeah. And uh, again, like uh, I'm usually the pessimistic person on this podcast, but you know nobody else is here is to be optimistic. Well, I mean, you are. Or, but uh, um, the Jazz have Mie One, the Jazz have Juwan Morgan, and the Jazz have uh, Airson. Um, at 10, 11, 12, and I mean, I don't really compare, but I, I don't want to like overrate um, jazz players or anything, but that seems like a really good 10, 11, 12 to have, uh, breaking case of emergency, you know, like it, it'll be like that, that year when Millsap and Jefferson and uh, everybody was in foul trouble, or was it Ennis? Ennis and Millsap, or whatever it was, um, got in foul trouble and uh, Paseco had to come in and, and, you know, he played himself into, into, the hearts of jazz fans everywhere. Living legend, Fasanko. Uh, yeah, there was a year, many years ago, long farther back than you may remember, where um, Brian Russell came in, and he was a guy who was like about to be. I mean, he was barely on the team, and he had to get get thrown in in the first round just for looking. For, Jerry Sloan was looking for any way to survive. I think it was in 1996, and that really spurred him into the role that we all remember him in. But before that, his first two or three years, he was just barely hanging on in the team. So having that guy at the end of the bench who who can play when his number's called is always valuable. And of course you're going to have that more likely if you if you get somebody who's been around the block versus at that point in his career, Brian Russell was was not that guy. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, so this this could go well. So I mean uh, you know again a lot of jazz fans are going to be disappointed by the time tomorrow, I, I assume. And uh, hopefully you listen to the high notes uh, and, and uh, you um, uh, are talked off the ledge a little bit here. <laughs> uh, so, Ken, where can they find you on Twitter again? I'm at uh, K underscore Clayt. So K underscore C-L-A-Y-T. He, he loves bike riding. He loves traveling. Uh, fun story. I don't know. I don't know how fun. About a month or a, month, a year ago, uh, my brother, my dad, and I, we had tickets to fly out to an early, I want to say April 11th game to see the Jazz and Phoenix Suns play. I believe uh, McCoy and Emily of Jazz and Gals were going to go out there too. Ken had graciously offered to um, uh, have me come sleep at his house and, <laughs> and stay with him. And, uh, um, and then the world shut down, which is uh, sad. But I had those, I had those flight credits still. So maybe, you know, maybe one day. Yeah, it was uh, quite a shock for all of us, and and, and uh, we were supposed to be out of town about that time to Bermuda too, and that didn't happen either. So it was. I know, you uh, want to be a hostage for him, so. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so Ken, thanks again. You're 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 writing for Salt City Hoops. Uh, you are either the younger or older brother of Dan Clayton. Nobody really knows. Um, and uh, yeah, follow your adventures, right? And then I'm uh, uh, go Jazz tonight. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to Ken. Uh, Ken. Ken has always um, uh, been very gracious to answer stuff. Um, it's been a long time since we had him on, about a year, but I try not to um, force people to interact with me more than they have to, I guess. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on, who it was kind of fun to talk about it uh, out loud instead of just clacking away at the keyboard. 
<laughs> that's that's my next podcast called Clacking with the Keyboard. Yeah. All right, Ken, or that, Clacking with the Keyboard with Ken Clayton. See, that works yeah. really well. Look at that. Wow. That's, that's your new blog. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, Ken. Uh, thanks for joining us, folks. All right, that's it. We'll see you guys next time.